afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. This is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, you dig? Live action, got the mask on, you know what I'm saying? Live in Kansas City, Missouri, downtown in a luxurious spot y'all don't need to know about. Just know it's nice like that, though. Um, today, we have two guests, man. Two guests that I'm excited to bring to y'all. We just left their launch party a couple evenings ago, which was popping. Um, shoot, they, they Instagram's been growing like crazy. I've been, I've been seeing the growth. One of them, who I will introduce shortly, has been a extreme grinder ever since I've met him. So overall, I'm just excited to have these two guests on the podcast. And with that being said, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let's start with Ashton. What's up, everybody? My name's Ashton West. I've known Paulus now for, shoot, what'd you say earlier? Like uh, 10 years, probably. Real has time. it really been 10 years? I Am think I really it that has. old, bro? Bro, I think it has been. Like, it was definitely... Bro, we have gotten old. 23, 23. How old are you? 23. 23. 20, yeah. 23 years man, old. Man, Jordan year. It goes by fast. I'm telling the you. The fact I, that I could know anybody for ten, from, you know, 10 years at this point seems crazy to me. Absolutely. And I think it's crazy because how I remember it is, like, literally just being in the basketball gym. I'm, I'm about to tell y'all a story about how I remember meeting Ashton. I remember being in the basketball gym with the homies, right? We pull up, you know, typical 14-year-olds. Everybody feel like they're the nicest, you know what I'm saying? So we walk in there. We feeling cold and all that. We like, we nice. We about to wash these fools, right? We walk in, but then we see we see a kid across the court by himself. Dude's running five on half, which didn't really make sense to me. But either way, dude's just running five on half. And Ashton over here, and he just in the, he in the cut. <laughs> Shot. <laughs> come, come. Cross, go. Cross, play. Y'all know what it is. He was getting it, and I was like, who's this kid over here hustling, right? But I avoided it, you know, ignored it. Next day, same shit. Next day, same shit. Next day, same. Who is this cat over here every day hustling? And, you know, eventually folks start asking questions. People do their research because, you know, men be getting jealous. So apparently one of the homies was jealous that this dude was nice over there in the corner and found out all this information about Ashton. We ain't going to name that homie's name. But it is I, love to talk, I love to talk about it off there. <laughs> hey, absolutely. I was going to say, do you remember? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, brief, a little bit. And long story short, you know, Ashton has some stats up on the internet. And, you know, someone's popping in high school. We just leave it there. But, you know, that's how I met Ashton. We've known each other since the 24-hour days. I hate that gym now because they stole my money. Um, but I think they stole everybody's money. They stole everybody's money. We'll get on that. We'll get on that later. But let's go ahead and introduce our second guest. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron. Uh, I just met you shit, at our launch party hey, for our brand. 48 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> 72 hours. Something crazy. And then that. I've known Ashton since fourth grade, so we just been... Yeah. Talk more about that. Like, what school did y'all meet at? Like, was it through sports? Was it, uh, it, was, was it through just a class together? It was, what was through it? everything, because we, we played sports, you know, from fourth grade to Little League ball, Little right. League football, all the way up until, what, his sophomore year? Yeah, yeah. No, we... Aaron and I, it's kind of funny, man. Uh, we're so similar in so many it's different weird. ways. It's, it's weird how similar our lives have been. Yeah, just everything that we've been through, everything is just young men, everything is like, uh, for honestly, from day one with our relationships with our fathers to um, uh, kind of excelling on the football field and the basketball court and just in athletics in general, Aaron and I have had like a super similar um, upbringing. And I wouldn't say we were super close, like growing up and everything like that. Um, Aaron was this like unbelievable running back, and I was a pretty talented wide receiver, and so we were both like labeled kind of as, as like phenoms and stuff like that growing up. Um, Aaron's Aaron more so than me on the football field, and so just being like you know young men and everything like that, we had like half the team gravitate more towards Aaron and his personality and everything like that, and then half the team gravitate towards mine, like kind of the more like outliers badasses things like that towards mine and Aaron's were Aaron was like put in this box from the jump like from the jump Aaron was put in this box to be like you will be this phenomenal athlete you will get good grades you will be the face of this small town because you know the school where we met and where we grew up uh um the small town small Seven, town like 7,500 people in total Oak Grove Missouri and so um, I moved from Blue Springs in the fourth grade and that's when I met Aaron so I was also kind of like the new kid too and also the total opposite of Aaron as far as personality goes so um, yeah and then we didn't end up getting close until after Aaron went away to school he was a really successful football player in high school 
went away to um, Northern Iowa. You know, I, that's when I started, you know, the Top Rank National Showcase and Hoop Focus. Um, I ended up getting engaged. Aaron ended up getting engaged. Uh, both, yeah, yeah, both ended up just yeah. kind of checking boxes that mm -hmm. we thought that this is what we're supposed to be doing as young men. Yeah, and um, felt like you know one of the one of my I say this to everybody. One of my most favorite quotes about that whole lifestyle is um, like most men live quiet lives of desperation, and I felt like in that relationship she was a, she was like the best girl, the coolest chick ever. But for me, I was like, it wasn't, it doesn't matter what that girl was doing. For me, I felt like on the inside, I was just dying. That's honestly what it felt like. And so um, making a decision to move away from that and kind of find myself, be on my own and be truly alone um, allowed me to kind of grow into the person that I am today, a person that I'm proud of, a person that I, you know, um, feel like is more whole than ever. Um, uh, so, Aaron, I think, kind of went through something similar to that, and then we both just started kicking it, hanging out, and then one thing led to another. And now we're we're in a business so, together. Holy man, man, we got we got to rewind a little bit. We got to rewind a little. <laughs> There's bit. a lot to unpack. There, here. There's a lot to unpack, and it, and it might require an episode two. But in the meantime, we're gonna try to unpack a little bit, man. So what the first thing I love to hear is the fact that you talked about y'all met in Oak Grove, because from my Understanding from the outside looking in as an individual that wasn't close to Ashton, I see you jumping from this high school to this high school to yeah. this high to this to this, and I'm like, yo, where's Sun even from? Like, it's right. like where I don't, I still don't even know. <laughs> I, I I try to figure out exactly like the timeline from, because to me it almost felt as if you were always in Oak Grove because you lived in Oak Grove. Yeah, and I was either like on a, like at one point I went to school in you know prep school in South yeah. Carolina. Like my family was always from there, um, and it kind of seemed like that was where I was always drawn to. I mean, high school for me, I'm not proud of the person that I was as far as like, uh, you know, I just drove so hard. I wanted success so bad. I was talented. Um, you know, uh, had a lot of interest from Division One schools and stuff like that on the basketball side of things. I don't think anybody would question my talent or work ethic, but. Um, mentally, I wasn't prepared for what came with that. And I also, um, you know, I wanted it so bad, I was willing to do whatever it took to like get to that, you know, negative things, um, things that, you know, I'm not proud of. And so I think my attitude for the most part is what got me in trouble. Like I was a sophomore and you remember those stats. I think you kind of touched on it. Um, some crazy like numbers that if you told somebody in conversation, right. they'd be like, like what are you talking about? I don't know, I know this dude's name. Right, right. Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, it doesn't matter. You're talking 40 balls, 60 balls, 50 balls, but we're going to keep that quiet. Right? It, do it doesn't <laughs> matter, like, how talented you are. That's one thing I learned from Aaron. It doesn't matter how talented you are that, like, you know, if you're, if you don't have the right attitude, go with it. I mean, you're your own worst enemy at that point. Mm -hmm. And then you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You don't love people and treat people with respect. And, and I think we see that, like, oftentimes. I'm sure each one of us can, I mean, like, you're touching on with your own personal experience, but I'm right. sure each one of us can touch on that in our brain with, like, a friend or athlete that we know was a killer, mm -hmm. an absolute killer, like, stone-cold killer, but their attitude just killed it. Completely. Absolutely ended everything. Were you at Snow Valley that year when that moment? I never went to Snow that, Valley. Okay. But, yeah, there was no. this, I want to tell this story about this dude who um, literally, like, He's from this small town of uh, Marshall. You you remember from eighth yeah, grade? I remember. So this dude, I don't know how he impacted you, but I Aaron was a, Aaron was like all football. I was all basketball. So to me, like I wanted to be the best cat in Missouri. Period. The best cat in the Midwest in my position. Like whatever. Like I, I was like that. That's my mentality. There was this kid that we met in eighth grade basketball, or it was a summer before eighth grade basketball. There's this like horrible fucking grueling camp called Snow Valley. It's like seven days, you sleep on like puke stained mattresses, there's no AC in the gym, there's no AC in the dorms, like you're showering in moldy showers and shit. I'm, I ain't meaning to throw the, the, the college of, uh, uh, Missouri Valley College underneath the bus, but it is fucking, I remember being in sixth grade, going to the seventh, attending that camp with like Derek Dow and that, and that, that class. And I remember um, thinking in my head when I left there, if I can get through this week, I can do anything in my life. And still to this day at 23 years old, I still think about that. That's how it like, you know, how much it impacted me and how fucking hard it was. I how, heard about it, I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested. And how hard <laughs> it really was. And anybody that's been there will, will tell you that's what it is, bro. I mean, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., I mean, just like, 
you're just not prepared for it mentally as a like as a young man either. And still to this day, after being a part of you know super high level basketball teams and super high level football teams, that was still one of the toughest weeks um, of my life. And so seventh grade going into eighth, I went to Snow Valley, and there was this kid down there who was our age who was just like unreal. Like I'd never seen anything like it. Like six four, six five, could handle the rock well. I mean you know, good mid-range, you know, could knock it down from three, beat anybody off the dribble, like, good luck. Um, but the craziest thing is, you know, like, when you're young, like, that seventh going into eighth grade, you're not really, like, dunking the basketball yet. And in the Midwest, kids that age Especially aren't doing that. Midwest, Out right? West yeah. is way different. different. Like, working for Slam and Ball is Life and doing the mm-hmm. focus and shit. I've seen those cats. It's just different out West. It's different, you know, on the coast. And this kid, man, this kid from, like, little-ass Marshall, Missouri was, like, putting his elbows in the rim dog, mm-hmm, just doing yeah. some shit that like, um, and so effortlessly, just so effortless. There's like nothing, this kid was just like, he looked like he was 20. Like there's just nothing you could do to fuck with this kid. And so anyways, we play him in eighth grade basketball and, and he like has like a breakaway and his whole team knows what's about to happen. And even like the mom, the parents of the kids know, oh, the other team know what's about to happen. And this kid just like, virtually like lifts the fucking backboard down off the wall and it was just like there's guys like that that impact you that you go like that dude could be like and then he was a monster on the football field and when he got into high school he just made some poor decisions or whatever but that dude is a guy that like let his attitude and the people around him influence him negatively and he would be i mean that dude either when you think the Aaron fox in eighth grade like it was disgusting it was crazy man it was insane. i think a lot of that has to do with a lot of these kids you know they think that there's nothing more in this world than sports. And so they just, right. they have to make it work no matter what. They I, I always think about and wonder if Aaron wasn't put in such a box to be like, um, you know, you will be like the token black dude of Oak Grove. Like straight up, that's what Aaron was. And you're also, oh, we love you because you play football. Oh, we we fuck with you because you stay out of trouble and you make good grades and you play football. But like, don't talk that art shit over here. Don't talk that like creative side of you. Don't explore that shit, dog. We ain't interested in that. Don't. Don't cut your hair the way you want to cut your hair. Yeah. Don't pierce your ears the way you want to pierce your ears because we'll suspend you because we really don't fuck with you like that. We just fuck with, we like, can we can we can use you as yeah. as an example as the token black dude who's a fucking freak on the football field, and, and that's the box we like you in. We get a little uncomfortable when people start acting outside of what we think they should be doing or what we would expect them to be doing. I got a pro hop one time, and I got called into the office, and they said, Really? Was, yeah, it was distracting. Wow. My wow. mom was pissed. That's wild. It's crazy. Say that one more time for the people real quick. <laughs> now that's wild. It's just that's, crazy that, that... It's probably crazy for you coming from, like, mm-hmm. like, that's the world that I was in, like, when I had all my issues and got into trouble and things like that. Um, I mean, I go ahead, bro, but, I mean, it no, was... It's just, it's, like, it's, it's just crazy that that shit still exists. I mean, we're still dealing with that shit today. Yeah, I know there's, I mean, it's crazy. You go 10 minutes down the highway, 10 minutes down the highway, and it's it's like I had an AAU coach one time tell me, um, yo, you from Overgrove? And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Overgrove, dog. And he's like, "Uh, (laughs) I knew better 20 years ago when I was growing up as a young man. We didn't go to Overgrove straight up 20 years ago. So that puts it into kind of some sense as far as like where the mindset is there. Um, But they treated, you know, they treated Aaron and good from the aspect as long as he did what they were, what he was expected to do by those people. I mean, they treated Aaron like a king, but don't step out of line, bro. What do you think, uh, question for Aaron, what do you think that, like, that pressure of being the token athlete that's, like, a put on for our, for our small town, um, did, like, was there a lot of pressure? Did you feel the pressure, or was there something that you look at like from a from a different viewpoint? You got older, and you're like, "Oh, that's what I was." Or did you feel that pressure growing up, and how was how did that affect you? It was pre- like looking back on it now, I can see what they were trying to do in the moment. I didn't really like pay attention. I was just kind of just like going through the days of a high school kid, not really you know thinking much about it. Because the more you think about it, there was a lot of racism shit going on. I and, I mean I think. I was just thinking about that as you were responding and everything like that. Uh, as far as like, man, I went on like a five minute rant, like pretty subliminally about how that is kind of the narrative that's pushed there in Oak Grove, Missouri. 
And I was like, damn, these people are gonna be like, dude, really hating on it. So it feels good that you're like reaffirming. No, it's just like, I'm not saying the people that, there's just moments of racism that I, that people did passive, passively. Absolutely. It wasn't like, Absolutely. it was like, it was just like, kind of like, and that's Relax. anywhere you go. I'm not saying it's just yeah. our, our truth. It's anywhere absolutely. you go. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's absolutely like... It, it feels magnified because of the small amount of people mm-hmm. that are there. Though. So that's but the now problem. that you're now that we're out and you start to see things and you know how people move, you start to reflect on like how what shaped you as like the person you are today. You start to look back and you're like, damn, like they were like, oh, that's just a joke. When passively, like they meant that shit. They yeah. meant what they were saying when. They were talking about your color, or why they picked you, or whatever that had to, what it was. I always give the example of like when I was in school, they would just be like sly things. Everyone acts like they're your friend, you're cool with them, but then they'll be like just something super simple that nobody really pays attention to. But say we're in class and this disappears, right? Mm-hmm. Just for a second, the teacher might have picked it up, but nobody can find it. Like, yo, where's my controller? Where's the controller? They're like, the black kid took it. Ah, where's my controller? Where's the shit? I'm like. Okay. And, okay. I, and, like, you, and you, you don't realize it, right? Yeah, you're you're nice to look at your friends, you're like, yeah, oh, that's just yeah, funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Ha, 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 yeah. ha. But then you like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> that then you, that, then you realize, like, the more you get older, you start to see, like, for me, I start to see people post their politics on mm-hmm. online more that now that they're older. And then you're sitting there like, yo, this kid actually meant all that shit. Right. Even though he says it was a joke. He was really feeling years later. Right? Yeah, he's really feeling that. Where we'll see kids that, um, you know, we knew from that part of our lives, and we'll see kids that are posting like Confederate flag things or you know things that are just directly linked to like you know systemic fundamental racism. I mean things that are irrefutably racist, and it's like there's no way if you're that outspoken and, and willing to go that far with it publicly and damage your own character and your own opportunities that that's not how you weren't your environment and how you were raised and how you were brought up and and how you felt um and there's a lot of that and with like i said it being such a small number of people for even you know 40 percent of those people 30 percent of those people that's a lot you know i want to talk about maybe some of the more more positive sides of growing up in Oak Grove or just maybe not even specifically the town but just in your household what are some some core values that you you know internalized as a man today that that you were taught growing up in your town maybe by town folk or by your parents but like what are some core values that you live by today that you acquired when you were a young man both of you guys you can answer whoever wants to answer for me um I mean there's can't even count how many great people there are in a growth that I was able to grow up and be around and be mentors to me. Um, for me, a growth shapes, especially when I got into high school, shaped my work ethic. Um, we got a new football coach my freshman year going going into high school and couldn't ask for a better coach and we ended up winning state my senior year. And like those are things that you don't think about. Um, you know as far as just random people coming in your life and then making that big of an impact. Like, I feel like if Coach Richard didn't come into uh, Oak Grove, then that we probably wouldn't want to say championship. I mean, the, the team went, I think, 0-10 before Coach Richard came in. Which was which was crazy because Aaron was like the best running back in the state ever since he's been like a freshman. Was like the guy in his class, like 4A or whatever class they are, 3A. Uh, the guy, I mean, like freaky, freaky how good they were. Um, and how much talent they had on the roster, but they just, you know, he's 100% right. If Coach Richard didn't come in there, it's more than unlikely that, you know, you guys aren't winning yeah, cause they went, state championship. When I was in eighth grade, they went 0-10, I think. And then when Coach Richard came in my freshman year, we went like 7-3, and then the next year was like 12-1, and 11-3, and then we went like 15-2 and my senior year. And won the state championship. Won the state championship. There's, like, there's like, there's too many... There are so many beautiful, cool things about Oak Grove, Missouri. Like, there's yeah. like, you know, there are some like, really, um, like, beautiful things, and there are some really beautiful people that are like treat you like family. And um, some of the most like influential people out of everyone I've ever met, um, you know, there's still a couple of those people that um, still look at us like sons. Our football team was like a family. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, we start playing. Little League since fourth grade. Yeah, and that crew stayed together for 
forever. I know I know that there's a lot of dudes on that team, and even if I haven't talked to them, I know Aaron, like, same thing, like, with the cut that we just reconnected with not too long ago, like, would still be down to help us if we needed, you know, something, you know. And it wouldn't even be weird. Like, that shit, I think, just with the way our football team was structured and everything like that coming up, it just turned, like, it was a fraternity of brothers. That's it. It was a fraternity of brothers, so I would be inclined to help any one of them if they needed my own. And then that kind of just rolled into football dudes only hung out with football dudes, you know. So like my best friend was like Mikhail Slater, and, and then you have like the one dude who like couldn't really play football but tried to play football, like Hayden. Like uh, those were my brothers, man. Those were my brothers. We we genuinely loved each other, Ivy, you know. Um, we genuinely, you know, had my. I, mad love for one another so um those sort of friendships too i think you get no growth i just never uh those were close for me and those dudes still to this day it's weird because like those are the those kind of relationships that we had from growing up together are the same you get within the four years that you go to college and you get yeah your and it's that. weird you don't really experience that with like you know other friend groups and things like that um and i think it is because of the small town aspect and then just like things that you know, parents and things like that in the community would let their children do as far as just like, um, everybody trusts everybody in the town, you know, outside of like, um, drugs and things like that, that what there is a lot of like, you know, um, uh, paraphernalia and stuff like that going around and everything like that. But like, nobody was hurting anybody. Nobody, you never had to worry about anybody being kidnapped or, uh, people getting killed or anything like that. It's just a laid back, like, Felt yeah. like exactly respect for each felt other. Like, yeah, right? it felt like everyone was on like the same spider web. If yeah. that makes sense, like, everybody's on the same page for real. For the time being that we were there, everybody felt like they felt like everybody was in sync. Like everybody was just trying. And granted, it could be a lot of like our age and not really understanding the full scope of things. But I never felt uncomfortable in Oak Grove, and I never heard about anything dangerous happening in Oak Grove. I I love to see the town continue to grow and evolve. And keeps try to keep some of those core principles that makes Oak Grove so great, um, and then eliminate some of the things that we kind of like glanced on earlier. Just slowly phase that stuff out because nobody has time for that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Thank you guys so much. Y'all are y'all are covering a lot of things. Um, so y'all already covered like some of the questions that I had, and I didn't even ask the questions. So we're gonna like skip over those. But um, I have a question for you, Ashley, man. So. We already talked about how you played basketball. I actually personally didn't know that you played football growing up, but that helped. That helps me understand. Yeah. Again, for me, I'm coming from outside the group, looking in from social sure. media, yeah, seeing not, you up the channel. Exactly. Exactly. Do know that I played football? Exactly. Um, but um, for 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 the past few years, like me looking in, I see Ashton, nice at basketball, going to the Carolinas. Boom. Then I see all of a sudden MMA. Then all of a sudden I see. Uh, uh, top rank. Then I see this. So tell me about the transition between like some of those things. Like what's happening here in Ashton's mind? Like what's making you decide to to, to right. transition into to fighting or transition into you know building a business and then transitioning sure. into you know train like crazy going TikTok famous. <laughs> um, but you know what I, now you know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah, that was pretty weird. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the beautiful weird. thing I would like to say before you go into that, that I was going to say before we got on air, it's just like one thing, regardless, and you kind of touched on it in the beginning, one thing I've noticed is that you're absolutely determined to be the best at whatever you decide to do. Yeah. And for me, as another young person being the same age as you, that's inspiring. Whether I'm your friend or your best friend or not, it doesn't really matter. When I know of somebody and I've been around their energy, but and they're the same as me, the same age, like you know, same opportunities, and I see that this individual is putting in work to get what he wants in like multiple different things. It's not just one thing. Like he went crazy in basketball, then he went hard in the gym for MMA for the short period there that I was watching. Then he went hard. You go head first into everything you do. Right. So what's the, what do you think is the inspiration behind that attitude? And then talk a little bit about the, the transitions between those multitude of different things that you tried out. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate all that, brother. You know, um, I think for me, like I recognized early on that I'm like not gonna have the same sort of, um, I was talented. But I knew if I ever wanted to be like the basketball player that I ever wanted to become or the football player, the you know fighter, whatever I wanted to do, um, I've always just been 
I knew that I needed to work hard, but then on top of that, I knew if, in order for me to sustain that hard work, I knew I needed to fall in love with it. And so I just looked at, I was always attracted to the, the kids that were like the misfits, the kids that, you know, weren't that talented. For me, I just kind of had already had some of that natural God-given ability, but then I fell in love and learned how to love how, you know, I learned how to love to work hard. And I felt like that was what was sexy. I felt like working hard was cool. Like um, that at the end of the day, I could respect who I am if I gave everything I got to this thing. And so uh, I got burnt out on the process of basketball and all the politics there and just grinding, 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 getting a school to, um, you know, trying to find a home at the next level, at the division one level. And then ultimately I wasn't eligible with the NCAA and we had to play Division two, and I don't know if you knew what, what like my recruiting situation was or the kind of player that I was in high school and the numbers and the media attention, stuff like that. But like, there was no way I was gonna go play division two basketball. Um, between that and then being pulled in the other direction as far as just being like mentally exhausted with everything, um, I decided to just skip my diploma. And then I spent, you know, six months. I graduated early that year in 2015 and spent six months not knowing what the fuck I was gonna do with my life. Um, just really depressed. I remember at one point, very early on stages of this, when I knew that I was done and I kind of felt like a sense of like comfort and relief, but at the same time just really depressed because I identified as a basketball player for so long. That's how you knew me. Mm -hmm. That's how people knew, know who I am still to this day. Um, and uh, it's like, who am I? You know, so I remember I spent like a week and a half, didn't shower, didn't like eat shit, just like nothing, just depressed, like locked in my room, not knowing like who am I as a man? What am I gonna do with my life? Um, I've, this is, I've all my whole life, my whole, since birth, like I've been an athlete, like as long as I remember I've been an athlete, now I'm not anymore. And so I knew I wanted to remain involved in the game of basketball. And so I ended up about six, seven months later starting, you know, the top right national showcase where we got to work with like a really major shoe uh, shoe brand. Um, we got to host, you know, a ton of national events and showcases and work with thousands of athletes that, um, you know, we've got multiple alumni that are in the NBA now, countless to division one schools and everything like that. So just like I had the opportunity to financially support myself and my, and, and my family at the time, uh, doing something that I just like thought, it was just an honor for me to be around that level of talent. like. Um, and build relationships to this day that I still keep up with those boys and and um, you know those are those are special kids to me and really honestly we were hiring overtime all this life and this is how I started who focused we were hiring all these different um, media outlets and so I said fuck it we're spending so much money per event you know contracting these media outlets and it's funny because I look back on it now and with what the level that we're trying to do do it if you're bad on and our budget now I look at what I was working with then. And it's just fucking comical. It's just crazy. Um, but that's just in perspective of how blessed we are right now. Um, and so I said, I want to cut costs. Let's start this other media outlet. Um, and I said, branding's everything. You only get one shot to make a first impression when it comes to branding. Branding's so fucking key. Um, your name matters. And um, it came down to a couple different things. I was like, who focused? You know, I realized that there's a, a connection over time. Every, everything is some, some combination of like, you know, Ball's life is real short and simple. Slam, everything's short, Bleacher Report. All these, they're quick, they're grabby, and who focus just kind of slides off the tongue. And I was like, I can do something dope with the logo here. I can make it clean, minimalistic looking. Um, I just picked up a camera and started filming them. Um, and then I eventually, you know, hired people to start filming for me. And then you saw the growth of who focus. Yeah, it so went crazy. It, it went was crazy. Uh, humbling to say, the, to say the least. And so now I had you know, this top right national showcase brand that continued to have 125 plus kids in the gym for every event. And now I got another reason that kids want to come for, you know, these sister companies. If you come to, you know, a top right national showcase event, you know, who focus is going to be there and bring in Ball's Life and Overtime and Slam and, and Bleacher Report, et cetera. And so I really started both those, I started with focus to save, to cut my costs and uh, it ended up turning out, you know, tenfold. and because I think, I think a lot of, to like package everything in together, the reason why I was driving so hard and so I am so like passionate in everything that I do 
um, is because I think I'm always trying to find myself in whatever it is that I'm working on. You know, I look at everything as uh, an opportunity to reflect, and I think that I'm, I'm working, working so hard and putting everything I got into these things because those things, everything I do, every project I work on is a little bit of me. You know, I put it, it's everything I got, you know, because I just don't believe in any other, in any other way, you know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Again, it's inspiring, I'm sure, many individuals. See, the thing with, 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 you know, my opinion, with men, is we never like to compliment each other. Mm -hmm. We never like to express gratitude to another man for what they've done for our It makes life. me feel good, though. But, yeah, for me, it makes me feel good. I love complimenting. And you like, can tell when it makes somebody feel exactly. good. Exactly. I don't even know, bro, but, like, that, like, for example, me complimenting, like, complimenting your hair when you walk in today, that made me feel good. I'm like, bro, you look fly, my G. Like, I'm trying to get, like, this. It shows, it shows so, that, that, like, that you're sure. also secure in mm -hmm. a of like mental state of of like uh, as you as you as are you, as a man yes you know and yeah. then also additionally that you're down for like it sounds fucking crazy but like that you're like that you're kind what's so <laughs> crazy is the lack of kindness in this world mm -hmm. this cancel culture bullshit mm -hmm. everybody's just looking to come at everybody and everybody's just always like under a magnifying glass you know but never magnify themselves that's a great thing <laughs> But people can't just a little like acts of kindness that um, you know I find is a it's got to be like a conscious decision right it's not like you just wake up every fucking day and I'm like I just want to be so fucking kind today some days are like that but not all the time and so I find myself like whenever I receive just a little random act of kindness or somebody's kind to me or says good morning or just little things like that because of how rare that is in today and especially around we're all young dudes so we're a lot, around a lot of young people that, um, quite frankly, don't have it figured out like they think they do. And so um, just like when people are kind, it impacts you, bro. Absolutely. So when you say some shit about Aaron and his hair and you think it looks dope and you rock with it, um, it's just it's a web effect. You know, you never know how that could might impact Aaron. Mm -hmm. And maybe it don't mean shit to him, you know? That's important. Maybe it means everything. But yeah, no, that is so important to point out. I tell people all the time, they're like, bro, why are you always complimenting people? Like, why are you always trying to be like nice? Like, dog, life, life isn't nice. I'm like, it's not the point, G. It's really not. I was like, that's not the point, bro. The, the point is, you never, you will never know what's going on in another individual's life. Yeah. And if something I say or a, or a facial expression that I make can change the mood even slightly, what do you think you what do you think formed what do you think formed your thought process on that? To, for you to have that perspective and for you to offer that insight to us, what do you think formed that in your life? What has impacted you to allow you to have that mindset? Yeah, I would I would say two things, brother. Bro. First, for, first and foremost, the first most important thing is I really. Some people are gonna hate that I say this, but I really think we're one human race. You know what I'm saying? We are one human race, humankind. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking away from, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not taking away from people's cultures. We do have different cultures. Mm -hmm. But we are all a part of the same human race when we want to talk about race. Culture is, is obviously there's culture that's different. But we are all part of one human race. And for me, when I look at Ashton, when I look at an, an, uh, my, my Indian homies, my Persian homies, when I look at these people, I'm like, bro, I just love you for being human. I'm a faith, I'm a, I'm a man of God personally. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about religion, but I'm, I'm a man of God personally. And... I think that everyone was created by God. And if God created everyone, like, from his whatever creation powers, whatever power he got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see why I should not show love to everyone else. You know what I'm saying? I don't see right. why I should not care about every other human. What's the point of going through life if you're not going to love another person? How would it feel if you wasn't loved at all? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to think about that. Somebody loves you. And somebody makes you feel good in your life. You can deny it all you want. People can cap on the internet, Twitter, like, I'm a, I'm a lonely demon in the dungeon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can cap all you want. But there's somebody that loves you that makes you feel good. And if you can make somebody else feel that way, like, why not? You That's this guy for me. That's right. this guy for me, right? Here. He loves me and makes me feel good. No, no, that's a beautiful thing. That's dope, my brother. That's a beautiful thing. I want to touch on something that you said, though, just about, um, just in terms of business. So, um... Looking at all the costumes, spending, bringing other people in, and deciding to create Hoop Focus. 
Lovers of Nipsey Hustle. You know what I'm saying? When we talk about building from the bottom up when it comes to business, when we talk about, um, what's it called? Integration, like just integrating all different processes and owning your business from the bottom up. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was just something important that you pointed out. I was like, yo, if you realize that you can do something and you don't need to hire out and you can create something there, boom, do that. Um, if you realize that, say you got a, a screen printer back there or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, why go hire a screen printer down the street and come out of pocket? Like, own that. Own the production process. Own the distribution process. Own the own the marketing team. Like, own everything from the bottom up. And Nick teaches that, and I think that was just something um, yeah, that he pointed out. It's just like, yo, like, I'm running this whole thing. Shoot, I could, I could try this. You did it, you applied, you didn't go into it just blind, you thought about it, and you were like, all right, boom. I think, um, I think one of the coolest things about what we have the opportunity to do now and the position, the position that we're in now with Do It If You're Bad um, is we're really bringing on people that I feel like are, I would say, as close to family as they could be, like professionally. Um, people that I genuinely trust, I even, even, the, trust. even, you know, even Giovanna, who I just brought on and just kind of got close to. Um, uh, every person that's on our team on our like recurring payroll right now um, is family like I know that I could ask them for you know straight off your back and, and you know they would do it for me so um, they care about Aaron and I they care about our vision for this company they care about um, our brand and our message and what we're trying to um, display to the world and the, the message that we're trying to put out there um, and the biggest thing that I'll say, the hardest thing to find is people who care. Uh, I've worked with a lot of people um, in my you know, three businesses, uh, my two other businesses and now this one. Um, and just so far in, in the last month since we've been operable, uh, we've already got to experience so many different people and work with so many different people. And I think one of the key things to me and Aaron's success so far with Do It If You're Bad in two and a half weeks since we've launched, is that we've got to have the opportunity to work with people who give a fuck. People who, everybody from top down to our, our beautiful investors, to our amazing, incredible models and camera people, and, and everybody has a sense of, they wanna make this special and make this, give it their all to make Do It If You're Bad special, whether it's because of the message, because of their relationship to Aaron and I. It's like this last month has truly been uh, so impactful and even if it for my life so even if nobody else recognizes that um i think aaron and i recognize that and it's just it's just been love the relationships that are unreal the relationships that everyone have you know been a part of and then the new relationships that were built like tyra and katie yeah like they made a TikTok about yeah, how so go ahead. they're just a powerhouse right mm -hmm. now and they didn't know each other before yeah, we had them model for us and now they're yeah. best friends and we hang out with them all the time and it's just like right. they're just good people yeah and the friendships we've built like with models or, or or contractors and camera people and just just the cool thing is that the group of people that we're after are creatives right so even our models like they're all you so fucking unique mm -hmm. it's that la vibe bro it, it, it we is, bring in people you were at a launch party right mm -hmm. that was we could have done Lowe's. We could have done you name it. Was that one of the more unique Absolutely. parties you've ever been to? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was us, man. That Absolutely. was that would that is who we are as you know, do it if you're bad. We are the brand. We are truly um, like we are the message that we are trying to put out there. Just loving each and other and positive there. It's right there in your face. And that's the most important thing about branding is like you're telling a story, what's that story you're telling? If you can't tell that, if no, if nobody knows when they come to your Instagram, if nobody knows when they meet you too, if nobody knows that from the jump, you already lost. Right. So I think that's what, like you said, especially about the party, that's one thing y'all put, as soon as I walked up the stairs. Which and, and, like, and I know we're on your podcast. <laughs> I, know, I know our people are going to listen, your people are going to listen, but you're honest as much, as most honest as you possibly can, candid response to what did you think? My, my first thought is I come upstairs and you already touched on it, and I'm like, this gives me LA streetwear vibes, but we're in Kansas City, and everybody involved in this process is Kansas City. Yeah. And that was crazy to me. 
as we were talking about off air, like my difficulty my, with my relationship with Kansas City is I felt there wasn't enough creativity, enough hustlers, enough passionate people, enough uh, uh, like vision, basically. I just didn't they're, feel it. They're here. It's just but like they're here, and y'all brought that into one space, and those are your target, and that's also your target audience, and it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. As soon as you step foot in there, and then as soon as you step foot on your page. And so, for me, it was just like, okay, I could get used to this. You know what I'm saying? If, if, I, if I'm going to stay here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and this is going to be the type of vibes that I'm starting to feel and start to become a part of this city, I'm like, I could get used to this. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to be in the L.A. Well, I don't need that. Yeah, bro. Seriously, that's my love. No, that's my love. That's 100% the vibe we're going for. We don't want anything like just super like modern and that's fresh. That's not us. That's not us, man. Um, that's just not that's not who our brand is and that's not what we are um i think a lot of people sometimes get a different um they'll judge somebody based upon what they look like on the outside and kind of again what we touched you know when we first jumped on the podcast and we first started talking what i said about you know aaron's hometown putting him in a box you know we like to do that with people um based upon like physical characteristics and and i get it like prejudices aren't great but sometimes they're what keep us safe right that's why we don't like you know we're not gonna like uh, cross the road at like 1 a.m and, and right. go talk to that stranger over there Constant. you know what i mean those prejudices are what keep us keep us safe and i think that um you know people will look at aaron and i and kind of judge us from the outside looking in and, and expect us to be one way um when you know like i said we we are Aaron and I are the best representation as far as like what this brand stands for. And that's why you'll see us continue to work with people. We are, I'm so excited about the two ladies that we're working with tomorrow. Um, it's just, it's just so, it's so cool. Um, the, the inclusion that's with this brand, it's a brand for everybody, you know, um, it's so cool. I've never been a part of anything like it. I've always been a part of things that are just like tailored to like this one individual thing and a small group, like, focus I only wanted to like I mean I'll, I'm gonna fuck with you if you're doing numbers and you're going to the league that's such a small amount of people that's not even just basketball you take basketball high school basketball and now you're like in here Shrinky, you're in here right you're in here the little mellow balls and shit like that um, this is something that like is for everybody and truly is everybody we'll have beautiful young ladies order clothes beautiful people beautiful gorgeous you know fit people wear our stuff and model our stuff. And then we'll have people that are plus size or um, uh, bigger or whatever um, wear our stuff too, because it is, it's for them, it's for everybody. This isn't like, you know, this isn't a brand that's for, um, you know, one group of people. This is about all of us together collectively. That's why I love what you said earlier about saying we're, we're all human. That's kind of like, honestly the perfect way we need to throw that on our fucking website like we're all human like just a simple reminder dog because that's that's truly and honestly uh because you can live it you do it if you're bad you can live that yeah and that's we don't walk around saying it we don't walk around like do it if you're bad is just a synonym it's a synonym for being a kind person for being uh, uh for for being the person that shares your fucking mindset as far as we're all human that's that's what do it if you're bad means, man. It's just loving each other, spreading positivity and love. Whatever you're insecure about in your life, shut that shit down and go for it. Believe in yourself. That's what do it if you're bad means. It doesn't mean anything physically. It's so much deeper than that. It's who you are. It's your spirit as a human being. That's what do it if you're bad means. So, yeah, that's how it started. started. Well, I feel like I want to make sure everybody that listens to this podcast before we wrap this up today, because we're getting near to that point i want to make sure that we're on your point brother whenever whenever (laughs) i'm I'm good to go all night bless bless i want to make sure people understand exactly like how it started i want to get into do it if you're bad so how did this start how did you guys come up with this idea who who came up with the idea who's it brought to kind of like the background story before y'all put it to the world um give me that story is that a clear enough question yeah, got you. I love this story, man. Because I feel <laughs> this, like cool. this story is um, get close. This is the most important time. You know, so make sure that everybody hears this. 
So Dude If You're Bad is a, you know, a streetwear clothing brand, um, primarily tailored towards women, but we have some unisex items that, um, again, we kind of giving you the backstory on what the heart is and our message and who we are at Dude If You're Bad. Uh, we formed this idea now, it was, it's probably been about a month and a half ago, it was just, you know, we were at happy hour um, in the river market and um, kind of just going through the routine. It's like quarantine just ended not too long ago and we're just kind of like doing something to do something, really. Um, Aaron and I just reconnected probably like three or four months before that and just like we're drawn to each other and just kind of all the time, right? enjoyed, enjoyed each other's presence and stuff like that. And just, you know, that become, that became like, the building blocks. The building blocks of the business. You know, if Aaron and I connected anytime, um, you know, later than that, the, the foundation to do this and the opportunity wouldn't have been there. Um, so we're sitting there and um, this, uh, and I had heard it before, and then I was dating this girl at the time, and she uh, was like, uh, Aaron was talking about. Aaron was talking about. I want to move down to the city. I want to like make this my reality. Like I want. This is what I want. And I heard him go back and forth on it for like three weeks. And so like I knew that's what he wanted to do. Motherfucker wouldn't shut up about it. Like I knew that's what he wanted to do. I knew that's like. And I and I could see it in his actions and behavior. And, and this is where his heart was. And so I said, man, just do it, dog. Just do it. And. A young lady sitting next to me and she said to me a million times before and I heard a million times before it goes to Aaron she goes do it if you're bad and Aaron just like you were, I remember you saying what and you were just like and she was like are you bad and I was like motherfucker yeah I'm bad <laughs> yeah and then now I fucking live downtown and so crazy Aaron calls me it's all funny we talk about it for, for a second it's like two and then, weeks later and then two I weeks later Aaron calls me he's like yo bro not get do it your bad out of my head like i lived that shit bro for the next two weeks i lived that shit he called me about something else and then added on to it at the end you know we're talking about whatever like you know maybe somebody he saw last night or what we did last night or from last week or whatever and then he added on at the end and um that might have been it and i think i called him back and i was like we both it was like a a mutual understanding of like, hey, let's monetize this. Um, how can we monetize this? And I think within it was that same night because I was I was sitting there because I called him kind of that I said let's in monetize the, it. in the morning, and I was like, bro, like I've been thinking about this, like I, I've lived it. I was like, we need to do something with this. We need to either like in my brain, I was like, we need to do like because uh, I had like podcast gear and stuff. I was like, we need to make a call her daddy podcast with do it do it if you're bad, like some kind of something like that. And he's like, dude, we should start a clothing company. And I was like, yes, that's it. And he's like, come over tonight, we'll order samples. So that same night I called this dude, I came over to his house and we just started ordering samples. Yeah, out of, you know, out of our own pocket, paying for like, you know, one item at a time, um, paying, you know, it was like three. Like so much, like, like $80 in shipping alone just for like one item, like ordered, ordered like six, seven, you know, items, chose our favorites, and really honestly just got truly, so what's crazy about the whole thing is I would have never had the experience or ability, the head knowledge to be able to work with manufacturers or even know how to order samples and do those things had I not been doing some modeling for another startup company called Bodcraft, a fitness company, who, like let me give a quick shout out, a quick plug, this is obviously not paid for. My brother, Blake Cottrell, Bodcraft, I'm telling you guys, the both of you, is on another level of quality and is the best fitness brand of apparel that I've ever I've ever worn. Now, it's only a matter of time before that brand takes off. And so I picked his brain um, about it uh, just candidly. Um, this is well before Aaron and I were gonna start um, the business and talked about even starting clothing line. I was just so interested in his product because of the quality of it. I never put on anything like it. And he explained to me a little bit about the process and things like that. And had that conversation never happened, had I never done that modeling stuff, I wouldn't have been able to come to the table with do it if you're bad right now could be a podcast. 
I would have never been able to come to the table with like feeling confident enough to say, fuck it, let's start a clothing brand. Aaron and I are both into fashion. Aaron and I both um, are creatives. Aaron more than I, uh, a lot more than me. And then, you know, I'm I'm the business end of, of the company. Aaron's the creative end of the company. And so me and him make just this like dynamite team of, of just like, um, it's just a really unique dynamic. And then our other partners are just, um, they balance everything out so well. Rock stars. And I'm gonna touch on what you just said right there. If you're in the room right now, you could feel the energy between these two. You can tell that it's actually there. And that's how I know personally, besides the fact of me just liking the brand and being at the party and seeing the vibes, that's how I know this is gonna work. That's how I know that this is gonna turn up because it's not fake energy. It's very easy to be inauthentic in what you say just to make shit sound fly. I know how to do it. I don't do it, but I do know how to do that. Matt easily. Yeah. But the fact that I can tell that the connection between you guys and then also just you tapping on the creative side and the business side and also the fact that y'all just gel together mm-hmm. and that this is somewhat of a new reformation of a friendship, I think it has all the ingredients and I can feel it in the room. No cap. <laughs> First of all, I appreciate that, brother. And I can tell. So I just wanted to touch on that. And we're not... Like, Aaron and I have never, um, we've never had a falling out. Aaron and I have always respected each other, like, so much. And even till today, um, Aaron and I have given up on each other's nerves all the time. Really, the majority of it, 100% of it is miscommunication on Aaron and I's end um, because of the workload and everything that we have going on right now. We're over-communicating with everybody else that we're involved with with this company, and sometimes we under-communicate with one another. And so... We both care about our relationship and this and this business, and recognize that um, you know it starts with us. You know, it starts and stops with us, and our relationship's got to be solid. And so, we find ourselves whether it's you know other relationships that you know or whatever, whatever uh, Aaron and I are willing to like, pretty much like block out any negativity or hate to continue to because it's bigger than us. Yeah, it it's is bigger than me. It's I mean, there's bigger. other people. I mean, people are locked into this brand. Not because of us, just because of the they believe the message. In it's not even necessarily that they believe in me as a business person or Aaron as a creative. They believe in our message, and through their belief and the belief of our, you know, partners, investors, contractors, models, anybody that we work with, anybody that we decide to bring into our family, um, it's their belief that allows us to have some success here. Um, without them, Aaron and I are only capable of so much. And it just makes us more motivated to keep pushing. I wake up every morning so fucking hungry because I believe in quick. I believe that you can grow anything quick. I believe that the days are long, and what you decide to do with those seventeen hours that you're not sleeping or whatever, like me, um, you know, I think that's the way I look at things. I look at things as in at the end of the week, how many you know, if I work seventeen times, you know, five, you know, that's. I don't look at what can I accomplish in one day. Give me to the end of the week and see what I come back with you with. So week by week, we're growing astronomically. We're Same. working with, in August alone, we're working with seven influencers that combined reach north of five, you know, have, have an, a collective following of north of five to seven million followers. So um, August is going to be, we're expecting to be a pretty big month for us. Uh, we just got started with this thing, but, um, you know, I haven't even been you know, accepting orders for, you know, three weeks now. We just got rolling here, but we just want to ride that momentum, man. That was the point of the party. So strong. The party was, let's just celebrate the, you know, the mediocre amount of success because we haven't done fucking anything yet. Let's celebrate this, right? Let's enjoy this for what it is. We think we're onto something special here, right? But now moving forward, it's head down, full speed ahead, no no breaks, all gas. We're flying to Atlanta on Wednesday to work with Reggie Bullock of the New York Knicks. And we've got so many other, like I can't even believe we're gonna have the opportunity to work with them type characters um, like coming up and, and it's just been, it's there's no words to describe the momentum. A crazy month. Life changing, life altering. Like to see from where we were, 30 days ago to where we are now. And we know how fast 30 days goes. True. We know how long the days go I mean, by July slow. is almost over, bro. Yeah, the days go by slow, slow as fuck, but the years go by quick, man. They do, and you have to seize the moment. 
and you have to slow time down because if you let it, your life will fly by. You have to you have to make the decision to wake up and slow time down, compartmentalize your time, you know, um, and just work. It's not in it's not in the you've got to be prepared for when that opportunity comes because it will come, and you just got to make sure that you're fucking locked and loaded and ready to go, um, or it'll pass you by, and life will continue to, you know, go quick. As we've seen this last month, which has just been like, like when I think about Friday and Saturday, like before the party, those days felt long as so fuck. And now I look back and that shit is so far in the rear view mirror, but it's like in the moment. Like those were the longest days trying to get yeah. that party set up. Yeah. We were in there just sweating, no AC, like. Yeah. We had to, we had to bring posters. in five one and a half ton AC units to hey. keep that area. Hey, that was helpful. Hey, where we got those from? Yeah, that, that hit the spot. I was definitely over there like Cassia was <laughs> Cassia was amazing. Everything was the things that mattered to us were what was there. The music, the lighting, and the, the people. people. Honestly. You know, that's why, you know, the open bar thing, all that stuff is great. Um, uh, you know, the posters, everything, that's cool. But like the, the shit that, that the shit that mattered was there. And so I can't, you know, I couldn't tell you collectively how everybody felt about our event. But I know that I had a time that I'll never forget um, and got to experience something that you only get one time to experience your first ever launch party. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would say that, especially for the creative culture, that was a, a moment that was needed, especially post lockdown. Mm -hmm. There's so many people linking up with individuals virtually mm -hmm. and on Instagram, following people, trying to create friendships, whatever, liking each other's pages. And for me personally, it was literally what, seven or eight people that I've never met before, but created friendships online mm -hmm. and like linked up with them there and was able to have conversations, that's, able to establish that's, that, that's, that's, so, able to exchange numbers, able dude, to, I love that. and then outside of that, me being, you know, trying to be a businessman as well, you know, there were so many networking there opportunities so many. in there. I told I literally that. got people for commercial real estate, I got people, and I got the contact and everything, like, I, I'm about it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I feel like genuinely so, if you did not come, you know, you missed a good time. Absolutely. You, you missed a time Absolutely. that you're but not going to get when you go to Aura, and you're not going to get when you never, go to like, never. And these these clubs and what we have here at Kansas City are fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, Aura is my favorite club in the city. Um, Shout out to Thursday night. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> and, and it's like, Aura is cool because it's like, it's a Kansas City thing, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but you're not going to get what we had last weekend. Um, it's just a rare um, environment. Uh, and I, I've just never felt energy and vibes like that at an event where everybody it was like it was just it was love all around the board nobody you know uh, no matter who you were or what you look like or what you identified as that night we were all fucking Everyone just was was i love to see like i look over and see somebody having a good time i love it and they look over and see me have a good time it's the same energy back you yeah. know and it was definitely an important moment i think for the city and for the for the people like i know i had two conversations with two individuals that we're totally outside of the spectrum of what you would think would be the conversation at a launch party. Like, deep conversations about, well, I don't even know the two individuals who love them. It's like, their relationship that they just got out of. Like, that just might be me being such a, like, into other people. Like, I'm so interested in helping you out. I'm like, they opening up so fast just because I'm just a loving, open person. But either right. way, just, I, I'm, I'm sure those two people needed to get that off right. their chest. And I don't think they thought going to this party, but that's the type of energy that that party is Even one person right. showed up there and said, and fuck all, like, like I love it. I love it that we had some people there that could offer you some value professionally because I think um, black, white, purple, I think more young men and more young women to move towards entrepreneurship uh, and self-empowerment. Um, but fuck all of that. If one person showed up there and, and, and needed to just be themselves and just be able to be, um, you know, loved and cared for for who they are as an individual and just be totally open, and they got that from that night and they needed that in their lives, if one person out of like 75 at one point in that area um, got that, then it was all worth it. Yeah, I needed it. And you saw it. I mean, people were in there dancing to their heart out. Like just. <laughs> I mean, just enjoying and having a good time. Yeah, it was awesome, though. It was Man, truly awesome. It was so good to see that. Man, so first and foremost, this conversation has been amazing. I have one or two more questions for you guys, but 
Ladies and gentlemen at home listening via audio or individuals who end up watching this, um, whether it's a snippet or whether it's the full video, wherever you are, um, I think there's a few big things to, to, to realize or, or to pay attention to in my mind. Number one, if you're gonna do something, do it. Do it. Do it there's no there's no fanciness around that. It's just if you're gonna do something, do it. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've taken out of this, especially since I was a month ago. Mm -hmm. The biggest reason why, to piggyback on what you said, mm -hmm. this is so short and sweet and simple. The biggest reason why people fail uh, is because they never start. That's the biggest reason why. Fuck you know, worrying about capital or, you know, start, like jump in and then problem solve as you go along. Put out fires as you go along. Knock the walls down as you go along. But you're never even gonna reach that problem that you have in your head if you don't start. You're just making up shit and reasons why that's preventing you from even beginning. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. do it. If you're gonna do it, do it big, you know, because you're capable of doing it, you know? Believe in yourself. Self-belief is everything. And I'm definitely about to start saying, do it if you're bad. Because low-key, and the one you were telling me, like, like your story, like how the homegirl asked you, like, are you bad? You're like, like, yeah, man, I got a little hype in my heart right there. I was like, I was like, I'm about to go home and tweet. Y'all folks ain't bad out here, son. Y'all ain't even bad like that, B. Let's get it. You trying to hustle? Tap in. Like, but real talk, though, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm a big energy guy, but I felt that, you know what I'm saying? That almost had me turned up on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Love talk. So, um, I'm going to ask both of you guys one final question just because we're a little short on time. Um, both of you guys can answer whoever wants to answer first, but... Also, there's going to be episode two because there's like 80 questions I wanted to ask. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing regardless. Um, it's been amazing regardless. But simple question. You're 95 years old. It's your last day on earth. Your grandkids are in the room. You're chilling. You know, everyone's having a good time. It's a little dinner, but they're sitting on the couch next to you right here. Everything you've done has been totally deleted. Do it if you're bad. There's no history of it. Who focuses? There's no history of it. You and I, football, no history of it. History in basketball, on the basketball court, no history of it. There's no history. But you have to write down two sentences for your grandkids for a way to live life or how they should live their life. Or two sentences of advice of how they should live their life. What are you going to write down? I know that was a long way I could have asked that. <laughs> more similar, but you know, I had to make it intense. <laughs> Yeah, There's a that. couple of things, um, but I'll, you say one? Two sentences. Two sentences. Can't be a two paragraph, though. No, no. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think to, um, honestly, out of everything that I've learned so far, and it really puts it into perspective, a question like that, and everything that we're doing, and I think that's what makes what we're doing so special is because we carry that sense of like, there is a bigger message here and a bigger picture. Um, I would just say to my grandkids and my children or whoever, uh, how to live your life is love others. Um, you know, um, and I think that's truly and honestly, it. I mean, just love your neighbor. Just love your neighbor. And that energy and positivity and what you send out to the universe is going to come back to fold as well. Love others. I like that. Uh, for me, personally, I think um, I've been, ever since, you know, going through um, the split up between me and my ex-fiance and all that stuff, I kind of lived by this this kind of like this simple rule and like every, just how to, like a way to live life is like at base it basically just means do whatever makes you happy you know um but in a, like a more complex way to say it is your fa your family your friends and your loved ones you know they'll have your back to a certain extent but the only person that has your back tenfold to the day you die, till you're buried 
at 100% max yourself. And without yourself, you gotta, you gotta do what's best for yourself because you are the only person that has your back. Your family, you, the people you love, they have your back, but not as much as your own self. Everybody and so you just gotta, you gotta hold your own, you gotta hold yourself accountable, you gotta make yourself happy before you can go out and just be, you know, just try to make other people happy. You gotta make sure yourself is, your, your foundation is set. Yeah, you gotta love you. You gotta love, you know, you gotta love who, not just what you look like or what you're talented at. You know, you gotta love who you are, the person that you look at when you, you know, go to bed at night and you look at in the mirror, you gotta love that person. And, and, and regrets are a part of life. But you gotta know in your heart that whatever man you are or woman you are right now, when you look in the mirror, that's just somebody that you can like rest easy at night, yeah. knowing that. And there's no way you can truly love people and love your life and until you love you. 100%. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen. That was dope, bro. Man, there's too much dopeness. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have dope. you guys on today. Um, we're definitely going to have to get around to in. Yeah, um, with that being said, let's have you guys drop your let's have you guys drop your social medias for do it if you're bad and also just personally um, and anything else that you want to share before you wrap it up um, so people can find you guys so people can support you Bro, guys. Thank you so much for having Aaron on man. This is such a, uh, oh, a, a dope Hey, I'm about to steal his hair. <laughs> Y'all got I give him my hair routine. He gave me the hair routine. I'm about such to Such a dope man. opportunity, man, for, you know, just a, a few Kansas City kids to just, you know, that, you know, aren't really doing much other than just trying to spread some positivity and love and just um, enjoy kicking it. And uh, it's pretty dope, man. It's pretty dope. But you can follow us on social media everywhere at If You're Bad Brand and on TikTok at Do It If You're Bad. Um, yeah, man, thank you so much for, for having us, man. Absolutely. Go ahead, just for those individuals who uh, are a little struggling in the head, spell Do It If You're Bad. I just like to tell everybody, spell the whole thing out, you know what I'm saying? Make sure they know some people are gonna type in U-U-R-E. Um, no, it's just, it's just Do It If You Are Bad, but it's your, Do It If You Are Bad. Why so are you R-E? Yeah, Perfect. proper, uh, Proper, proper, grammar. <laughs> proper grammar. Proper grammar, no spaces. But no, man, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, brother. Man, yeah, and we'll be back for part two. Thank you guys for tapping in. Again, the Culture Talks podcast, and this is your host, C-I-Z-Z-Y. You dig? We're outside. Woo. That was awesome.